Happy Friday. Thank you for joining the Hope Hotline. I so appreciate you uh, tuning in. Today is going to be a great day. It's a fantastic, going to be a fantastic weekend. It's the 4th of July weekend. Well, uh, some people have already started vacation, right? Because you can do like a one, two, three, four, five days if you took off today. Some people, I can tell that some people have taken off today just by simply the traffic in the area. Little to none. So happy 4th of July weekend. Tuesday, I won't see you until after then, so celebrate it safely. If you, um, if you have children, I, I'm, when I say children, I'm speaking specifically to about one. I have one child that is not safety conscious with the fireworks. And we'll be doing fireworks at my house this year, like my son will. He always does. And Lord knows. It could be a... Have you ever seen that? I should have posted it. Tom put it on his podcast last night. That Those fireworks, that neighborhood did those. Were you, were you watching last night, Heather? No? No. It's a thing. It's all over. It's gone viral. It's these people sitting in their front yard, and they put their light and the fireworks off, like right around the... They have the whole container or all their fireworks in the driveway behind the cars, and one of the fireworks that was put off in the yard shoots... And it goes over to where the fireworks behind the car are. And, like, there's, like, ten people and babies and everything in the in the front yard. Did it light on fire? All of them? W- that one goes crazy. You know how sometimes Tommy sh- shoots? And goes to my house. Goes yes. to your house. He already said to me. You know what he already said to me, Mom? I mean, uh, Mom. Heather? He goes, Mom, you know what? I already know what Heather's going to say to me. Don't aim for my Don't house. Don't aim for my pool cage. <laughs> He's like, I don't do that. I said, then just tell her. Shuttyville. I'm fine with yeah, that. I said, I said, you know how she'll be. She won't care. <laughs> She's not going to care a lick. Whatever you say to her, she ain't going to care. But no, like, so the whole thing, the whole fire. I'm talking about Tom's podcast last night where that. I, do you have it? I do. Oh, my gosh. Aaron's coming in to show it because Aaron is. Is that why you came back in here? God bless. Wait till you see that this is, this is wild. Like. It's crazy. I saw this already, Aaron. I saw it before Tommy posted it. Have you seen it, Jer? Because Jer's with us. Hey, Tracy, Jer says hey. And he misses he misses his partner in crime, he said. He's 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 um he's a woman's man. Is that the right way to say that? Because yeah. I'm a guy's girl. So he can't handle it right now because there's no females around him. He, his whole house is women. He's, he's having major withdrawals. Um, okay, he's got it. Let's go. This is, this is, Tom had his Biden voters. This is, can you hear it? Watch this. Oh, it's going to be right You cannot yes. stick it in the ground. It's not going to work. Who did that? You got to put it in the shoes. Okay, although that's never happened exactly at my house like that, I can somewhat relate because it has been frightening. It has been frightening. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It, it's going to be like Tommy and some of like his buddy are coming over. And obviously Heather will be over there because she's my neighbor. She has to come, but she's my kid too. So small little crowd this year. But it'll be a wild scene, I'm sure. We'll be having fun. Um, so celebrate it, but celebrate it safely. My, my son literally had him and his friend and somebody else have my daughter. What's those rockets, Aaron, that you shoot? Mortars, yeah, my son and his friends, Roman Candles, had Norma. Running across the yard one year, not even at 4th of July, and had her shooting them at them and them running. Like, they got hit. Uh, and then they videoed the whole entire thing. I was like, don't even show me. Like, if you guys are that stupid, because that's a special kind of stupid to be doing that. All right, turn on the camera over there for me, because today's a special day. Now, very, very rarely as she covers her mouth. There's Aaron, in case some of you have never seen Aaron. 
Um, you can't see her. She's all blurry. Lean but um, now this doesn't happen very often, but somebody's birthday is today. And they turned 17 today. <laughs> Super special. Yay. I w- I, so I wish my daughter was here because I was going to have her bring you your cake because she's usually sitting right somewhere. There. No, I, I can't Go get up. It. Logan can. So we got your cake. We got your cad. We love you, Taya. Taya oh, is a very, is Taya, pretty much everybody in this room is super special to me for different reasons. But Taya, literally, I've known Taya since she was a babe. I used to hold her. I used to hold you. Like, as if you were my own. This is so confusing. This is. Mis- Do you want me to open the card on camera? No, just sit your butt okay. down, girl. Here, this is all is. discombobulated. Eat one of these. Heather, you're. Wait, I've gone. Yeah, I was about to say, Heather, you're I'm not allowed. allowed. I'm not. <laughs> but tell okay. you, you're super special. I love you for for no, many many not. different reasons. Oh, so not only because you're a great person, a great young lady, but because I love you. I was just telling, texting your mother, like I love you, like you're my own. Like, but I love your mother like she's my too. So, I mean, whatever. But I've known you for, for forever. Mm-hmm. So super special. I hope you know that you're special, and I hope you know you're loved. Oh, Take your you. cake and enjoy it and have fun because I know you guys are doing something special today. You and Norma, you're yeah. free. Go do whatever you want to do after you have a piece of cake. Tell Norma too. Like, I literally am giving you the rest of the day off, both of you. Okay. It's not really much of a day because it's 3 o'clock and you guys yeah. have had to work all That's day. Okay. But we love you. So happy birthday, sweet girl. Thank you. All right. Do I have anything else? Oh, I probably – did she give you the conference information to post up? No? That's okay if she didn't. Uh, we're – like, Heather, how fast – I mean, the electric went off. Well, before the thing, but not because – but because of – us the electric went off so some stuff but uh the ladies conference august 24th through the 26th at the beginning of this month uh somewhere between the beginning and middle of this month you'll be able to register for it sign up um that'll help us especially with t-shirts and things like that um but get ready and geared up and we want you to come heather put yourself on camera really quick what do you got to say about that that chocolate that I just ate was really <gasps> good. I did. I had some. Okay. So what do you got to say about the ladies' conference? Um, I need you to stop giving details in case I can't fulfill what you've asked for. <laughs> <laughs> You'll fulfill it. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, girl. But we need people to I'm register, excited. Correct? Yes. As soon as you send me the information you want posted, it'll get posted. But, we're gonna, but we need them to register. When we get yes. it up. Like, it's imperative. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's imperative, people. People think, like, oh, it'll, it's okay. Oh, I can wait till the last minute. Please don't do that to Heather. I might put a cutoff date this year. Heather can't stand that. Like, she cannot stand when people wait till the last minute, including me. True. Very true. That's why I might put a cutoff. And then you miss out. She won't do that. <laughs> Trust me on that. So... Anything else? Are we good? We're good. We're ready to go. Let's do our first question, which I find this question very, very interesting. I would like you really like I would love to climb into the minds of certain individuals to see how they come up with these questions because they're actually very, very good. And listen, when you ask questions, it doesn't have to just be about the Bible. It could be about anything. Ask anything you want. Um, the first one is how old... Will we be in heaven? Does a baby that died remain a baby in heaven? Isn't that interesting? That's a really like that's a really great question. Like seriously, I know I don't even know if I've ever thought about that question. Have you ever thought about that question? No, I don't think so. Uh uh-uh. uh You have? Ch- tell you has Logan? Have you? Yeah. Do you remember Ethel? Yes. Um. I, so she passed early this year, and yeah. I just wonder if she'll be younger, and I can't recognize her sometimes. Oh, I think we'll know. I think God instinctively allows us to know because we have, we're a different being. So we'll just automatically know Mm -hmm. who people are. But I will say that this is weird because Jesse DePlantis, when he talks about um, heaven, he said, I will tell you, he said that there were babies and he said there were children. 
and when he went to heaven. He saw them like that. Maybe um, because they died young? So they I don't never know. So he did say that some of them were like, um, you know how we before we were formed in the womb, he knew us? So he said some of those were children that were waiting to be born to come here. And they were all like, mm-hmm. me, pick me, pick me, pick me, kind of thing. Huh. Very interesting. I mean, I'm telling you that his story about heaven is phenomenal. Hey, Paigey, we got cake over here if you want some. Um, then um, he said that, he said, love me or hate me. He said, but John F. Kennedy is in heaven. He said, you know, some of you guys aren't going to believe me about this. And he even asked God about that. And God gave him and told him why he was there. So, and but he explains that too, which I don't have time to go into that. But if that's the case, see, I'm going to, what I'm going to tell you is what I could find in the Bible. But people who experienced heaven have a different so I don't know if we'll next necessarily be old. I think we'll recognize each other. Do you know what I'm saying? John F. Kennedy was young when he died. So it's kind of different than Ethel. But it's interesting because wait till when I, tell, when I read this through to you, like when I studied it out, it's pretty dang interesting. How so? But if you take Jesse DePlantis' sto- uh, story or dream, or vision, whichever one you want to call it, his experience, because he calls it an experience in heaven, I think is what he called it, versus this. There's some differences, but who's to say? And mine is based on what I can find in the Bible, not based on anything other than that, which at the end of the day, I don't think we know. So um, let's look at scripture. It says 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 49 says a glory is, it's titled a glorious body. It says, but someone, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So follow, let me fix this. Follow what I'm saying in scripture, because this is exactly, it's talking about when, we die, and the glorious body we will have when we go to heaven. So I'm going to start over, because you got to think it through sentence by sentence, and then we're going to break it down. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? When they're raised up, what body will they have in heaven? Foolish one, and this is what Jesus is saying, foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So you think you're alive here on earth. But you really become alive in your spiritual body when you go to heaven. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that, sh- that shall be but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases to each seed its own body. So God will determine how, he, how it is. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. So our fleshly bodies, our worldly bodies, are all different, is what it's saying. There there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. It's just like no snowflake is the same. No fingerprint is the same. No star it looks like another. No planet looks like another, right? So um, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. So while we're on this earth, we have a sinful nature. But when we go to heaven, we'll be sinless. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. So Adam, when he came on this earth, Adam and Eve, right? They were living. 
But the second Adam, which is the last Adam, which is Jesus Christ. So the first Adam, Old Testament. The second Adam, New Testament, is Jesus Christ. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So through what he did on the cross, he gave us life eternal, right? However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward, the spiritual. So we're born a flesh of a natural body, and then when we go on and pass and die, we become spiritual. The first man was of the earth, Adam was first the first man. He was of the earth made of dust. And the second man, and if you look at that that letter, so the first time you see man in, in verse 47, the first man, that word man is lower caps, right? Because it's just a man. But if you look at the second time it's referenced, the second man, that is a capital M, and that stands for Jesus Christ, is the Lord from heaven. So does, do you understand when I say, and I said this on the last podcast, it's super important. Grammar is important. You have to, when you're reading scripture, break it down and understand what you're reading. Just don't read it fast because it means something. How things are structured means something. If there's a capital, that's important. If there's an exclamation point, it's important. Don't just read fast. As, the, as was the man of dust, which is Adam, so also are those who are made of dust, which is us. And as is the heavenly man, which would be Jesus, so are those who are heavenly. And as we have, um, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, which is Adam, we look like him, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, which was Jesus Christ, who was man made in the image of God. So if we break this down, which I don't know, Heather, I, I don't, I think this would be too difficult for you. And I don't know how she did it. Let me see. She didn't, I'm looking at what you have. Don't worry about this because I'm going to go back to scripture and then I'm going to explain that scripture. It'll be hard, too hard for you to go backwards. Okay. So don't worry about that. When you start hearing me say scripture and it doesn't match up to what she has, don't even think about it. Okay. All right. So if we look, go back to verse 39, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men's, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. If we break that scripture down in the Bible, oh, she did do it. God bless that girl. Or did you do it? No, she put it in twice. That Tracy. It's covered. She's good. She's a good one. If you, so when you read scripture, you should always read the study portion. And if you don't have a study Bible, you have to have one because it will break down verses for you. So you have a deeper understanding of what they mean, maybe in the Hebrew and the Greek. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's uh, understanding what the Jewish custom of that time was so that you understand what that verse in scripture actually means and why it was phrased that way. Okay. So if you break this scripture down, not all flesh is the same. What that is saying is, although there is much that is similar in the organizational character of fleshly beings, each species is different. Humans, animals, birds, and fish. No duh. Right. But if you go to 40, it says there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of, of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. And everybody is now going, terrestrial, there must be Martians out there. Okay, but if you break down the scripture... No, like that, literally people will read that verse and go, I knew it. I knew life was on Mars. I knew there were aliens out there flying those saucers. E.T. was cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you look at that scripture, this is what it means. Here is the analogy. Here the analogy involves inanimate objects of creation, the sun, the moon, and the stars with their differing splendor and their earthly bodies. Possible the great mountains and uh, great mountains, canyons, and seas with their splendor. And in it all, God can take similar physical material and organize it differently to accomplish his purpose. So that's not saying that there are aliens out there. It's just saying that just like people, animals, 
and things like that. And fish, when you look at the sun, moon, and stars and you look at outer space, he's differing that to be like the mountains, the seas, the canyons, and things like that. So he's giving you another example of how things are different. That's all that is. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, and it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. What that is saying is, in implying these analogies, the apostle says that in the case of the resurrection of the dead, God will take a perishable, dishonorable, weak, and sinful body, Body, a natural body characterized by sin and in the resurrection making an imperishable, glorious, powerful body fit to live eternally with God. There is con- continuity, but there is also change. In all of this that I'm reading to you, which is talking about the glorified body, in any way does it talk about what age so far that we'll come back as when we go to heaven? No, not yet. It is so... Then let's look at 44. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. And the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. This is where it gets a little interesting. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. And the first man was of the earth, made of dust. And the second man is the Lord from heaven. And as with As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So this breakdown is the contrast here between the natural body and the spiritual body. Again, follows from their two representatives. One is the first Adam, who had a natural body of the dust of the ground, and through whom a natural body is given to his descendants. And the other is the last Adam, which is Christ, the life-giving spirit, who through his death and resurrection will at the second coming give his redeemed people a spiritual body similar to his resurrected glorifying, glorified body. Now, I'm going to give you... We're going to go quickly to chapter, or we're going to quickly skip to verse 45 so that I can pull this together really, really quickly. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. When you look at that, it says life-giving spirit is just as the spirit of God breathed life into the first Adam. So now Jesus, the second Adam, is the spirit who breathes life into his people. One last scripture. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So, if that's the case, when Jesus died on the cross, which is what... uh, Let's see, verse 45 says, right? Jesus, the second Adam, is the spirit who brews life into his people. Hold on. The first man. Uh, no, it would be 44 through 49, and it's, it clearly says that the spiritual body will be similar to his resurrected body, his glorified body. When did Jesus die? When he died on the cross, he died... Um, between the age of 30 and 33. Most people believe that Jesus started his ministry at the age of 30, just like John the Baptist. John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus, and they were cousins, correct? Because um, Mary and uh, Mary and Elizabeth were relatives. They were, they were cousins. John the Baptist, Elizabeth's mother, I mean, John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, um, so that means Jesus and John the Baptist are cousins, right? He was born approximately six months prior to Jesus, based on the word. Now, when John the Baptist went out into ministry, he went out and he stepped out into his ministry prior to Jesus, right? Because he says, one that's coming after me, I'm unfit to carry his sandals or something along those lines. Um, so 
It is said that John the Baptist started his ministry approximately at 30 years of age. Now, what's interesting with John the Baptist, he literally turned the world upside down within a six-month time period. People always think that they, you know, I have to get this started. I don't have that much time to do what I need to do. Um, and And the longer I wait to get out there, I mean, both of them had preparation of, for 30 years, and everybody gets saved or whatever the case may be. They get saved or they get on fire, and they feel like they need to do something. And they need, now it's like if it doesn't happen within a year or less, they're, like, frustrated. But if John the Baptist and Jesus had a preparation of 30 years, what makes us think that we should be any different, right? And I'm not saying it's going to take 30 years for people, but— It does say that Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom. So people who step out without the wisdom, that's stupid. That's not smart. So John the Baptist at age 30 came in and in six months' time turned the world upside down before he was arrested and put in prison and then later beheaded. So in a short period of time, God can do mighty works through you. Let's not be in a rush and go out ill-prepared because the word is very clear about that as well. It's very unwise to put a novice into a place where they shouldn't be. It's detrimental to them. But it's also detrimental for you to push your way through or to kind of go out before you're supposed to because you just feel like time's a-wasting and you need to be about the kingdom well, you only do it when you know that God has sent you out and you are in it and and it's something that he's told you to do. Super important not to step out because God can do a lot in a short period of time. John the Baptist is a perfect example of that. So, and when people are telling you you're not ready, listen to what they're saying because absolutely. they're trying to protect you from what you don't know but you think you know, just like a teenager. Oh, my gosh. And it's so – because a lot of times they're offended. Right. They're like, you're trying to hold me back. Right. But it's not that. I mean, it <laughs> no, could I'm be that. No, I'm trying to save you from you. Right. But most of the time it's – No, if yeah, if it's somebody you trust and love – Then you listen for sure. You, then you need to trust them that they're really doing it for your benefit. Nobody's trying to hold anybody back. Listen, right. I'll be honest with you. When people want to step out into ministry, it's a help to the people who are in leadership. But – if they tell you no, I mean, they, there's a reason for it. If they really need you. It would be great to be able to say yes. But if they're telling you no, that's because the Holy Spirit is probably telling them, don't let them do that. Keep them. Because it's going to be a bigger problem if they do do it. But people in leadership, they need more hands on deck. So for them to tell you no, it's not beneficial for them to tell you no. The only benefit is is that they're, they're helping you out. So let's look at that. So when Jesus died, he was. they say that Jesus started his ministry right around 30 years of age as well. He did ministry for three years. Again, he turned the world upside down in a very short period of time, died at the age of 33. At his prime, physically, it's in the 30s, Right? Now, when God created Adam and Eve, they weren't born babies. They were born in their prime as well. So what is that? Because basically, if that's the case based on Scripture, then when we go to heaven, and and I'm not saying this is my opinion, but based on Scripture, and when we go to heaven— if that's if it's saying that our body will be a spiritual body like a glorified body like Jesus, then that would be in the early 30s. That makes complete sense. Doesn't it? Isn't that crazy? But then I hearken to what Jesse DePlanta said and other people that I trust, like when they say they've had experiences. Now, the babies that they saw or the children that they saw up there, are they the children— of people, um, of children that were aborted, that never were born. So that's a different circumstance than somebody who just 
came to earth as a natural body because that's different. They it were is. never born. Right. It's different. It's different. So that's what I sit there and I try and process. Okay. Well, that is different. So maybe that's where he saw those, those children that were still children or babies because they weren't ever born. Only God knows. It's like one of those things. I'm good with whatever age because it'll be perfect. So Yeah. Me too. If I'm older and it's perfect, even better. Yeah. I just, for me. Rocking at 100, looking fantastic. I'll take that. 100%. I agree with you. For me, just like, for me, and God knows our hearts, so he gives us the desires of our hearts. My biggest thing is, is I want to still be with Tom. My favorite human being on the whole entire planet. Like, I want to still be with Tom. And um, obviously, I want my babies, right? I want us to all still be together. Because I, I can't imagine life without, like, I, but I just don't think that that's the way it is because God knows our hearts. Like, I can't, and everything that everybody's ever said, it's always been, like, you still know each other. You still have relationships with each other. It's just better. And I got to have my animals, like my cats and my dogs that I've lost. I got to have them. Norma and I literally talked about that yesterday, last night. Oh, we you're kidding about me. all of our cats and dogs that were going to be up in heaven with us I, I from childhood. Oh, amen, girl. I agree with you 100%. Norma just said that she that the Lord gave her comfort by telling her she, that our dog was up there with him. I believe that. I'm not kidding you. I believe it. And um, Jesse DePlantis' dream or experience, animals were up there, like people's dogs and stuff. They, they bring you so much happiness. Huh? I said they bring you so much happiness. I know. How could they not be there? And here's my the things thing. things we love. If, G if, if Jesus said that if he cares for the sparrow, how much more does he care for us? So if he cares about a daggum bird. Why wouldn't they get to Why wouldn't they be up there? Yeah. We just literally had this exact conversation. So people that love their animals, I'm with, listen. Our animals are going to be up there with us. There ain't a doubt in my mind. Not a doubt in my mind. They have to be. I hope they behave better. What did you say? I hope they behave better. I know. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> my girl dog, she's something. She was, a, she was good, but she could have used a little bit of training in certain areas that would have been better. <laughs> Whatever. Alrighty, so I hope that question. I hope that answered your question. Nobody really knows at all, but based on the scripture, it's going to be right around when Jesus passed, which would be in your early thirties. And again, nobody knows what you know about the first Adam. Nobody knows when he was brought to this earth what his age was. So, but it would have to be in the. It would have to be in the early years. Everybody just heard that can because you're on the mic. That was, Heather, what is that that you're drinking? Actually, my mic was off, so. Oh, oopsie. What, what did you just open, uh, Heather? Just a can. <laughs> <laughs> a can of what? Uh, Red Bull. Uh -huh. I also have water if it helps. Uh, it does help. Okay. It does help. All right, next question. I would love your advice and thoughts on using a mole mole, which is a Jewish uh, individual who circumcises babies, just in case somebody doesn't know what that is, to circumcise my son. Our family is not Jewish, but I love the idea of a bris, which traditionally consists of the circumcision naming, uh, the circumcision, the naming ceremony, and a festive meal to follow. That is absolutely correct. When you have a bris, that's when the name is revealed of the child, it's usually done by the father, and I mean, if nobody's ever studied this out, it's actually a beautiful ceremony. It's it's so meaningful, and so like the Jewish faith has some beautiful traditions at festivals, and I don't know another. It, it, it there's another really good word for what I'm trying to say, but celebration. Celebrations, but 
it's more of things that mark. It's more than just a tradition. Things that mark a very important experience or Like baptism for us is huge. They're very, it's a very symbolic thing. But people, when you get baptized, you should be writing that date down. Like yeah. it's important. It's as important as the date you got saved. Well, they, in the Jewish faith, they have the same, same thing. Like these are important, significant dates and, um, and events. That's what I'm looking for, the word event. So this is one of those things. A lot of times, like we, like my son, he was circumcised at the hospital by his doctor. So, but that is significant because Jesus made it in which he was not, uh, he was not circumcised on the eighth day. But actually, if you understand um, why a bris is always done on the eighth day, um, and the reason why is is Jesus, or excuse me, God purposed the human male body that that is the day out of all the days of a male's life that they clot and the most on that day did you know that yep so um when they are circumcised on the eighth day it's got a faster healing process and it's the highest and most safest day for that to occur so like there god is amazing and that's why I love the Jewish faith and the and the tradition. And we are grafted into that. We lose sight of that because the Jewish faith doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because even with that, it there is such significant things behind why they believe what they do, the traditions and the festivals. The festivals that they celebrate hugely significant to the coming of the Jesus uh, to the coming of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and if you understand Passover then you understand why the triumphal entry is so significant or Palm Sunday um, coinciding with the resurrection of Christ all of those things are super important as well as circumcision okay I'm giving birth at home I prefer to avoid doctors and hospitals altogether. I want this moment to be deeply rooted in faith and performed by a man of God instead of a doctor. Lay it on me and give me the straight truth. And I'm telling you, it, like, if I could do it all over again and I understood what I understand today, like, it would be an option for me. It would be something that I would strongly consider myself. Um, circumcision is a, is a surgery, but it's so so small. It's not like it has to be by, done by a surgeon for crying out loud. Doctors do it. Even some nurses do it. So it's not like, I mean, make sure that it's somebody who's done a bunch. <laughs> I mean, that's a important area. So you got to make sure it's done right. But I think it's beautiful, and I love the Jewish culture. And so for me, I'm like... I think it's great. I think you should absolutely do it. I, for me, like anything that Jesus does and the way he's in it, anything that Jesus or God has a part of, I say do it. If it's in the Bible and it has a significant, uh, um, a, uh, significant symbolic purpose, I say do it. I mean, you can't follow anything. It's better than the world by far. Anything the world does, eh, depending on what it is, Mostly if how the Bible does it, I'm all in. So, 100%. Heather, you got, a, you got an opinion on that? Would you do it? Put yourself on. All of my boys. Yeah, they're circumcised. But if you, had, if you could do it differently, would you do a bris? I don't know. I'm not doesn't matter to stuff you? like that, no. Yeah, like for me, I like all that. But I'm so into that stuff. I mean, and I think it's, it's all into the personality. Yeah. Logan? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to do it. I think it's a beautiful tradition. Yeah. And his or her name is biblical no matter what. So the name celebration was really sweet, especially since it's an Old Testament name. Mm -hmm. And coming together with church family and doing that would just be really special. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a beautiful idea. Um. 
So I say do it then, Logan. Yes, ma'am. Now we just have to find a moil. Uh, I'm sure there's one around. There's a lot in Miami. Maybe you'll fly, we'll fly them over or whatever. <laughs> or go to Miami. We can all go That's to Miami for the celebration. I'm super <laughs> proud of you for that then. Seriously. That's good. Anybody else that's not Jewish? Remember, we're grafted in. We may be Gentiles, but we're grafted into the Jewish faith. Not faith per se, but Jesus was a Jew. And so, like, we're blessed that he came, that Jesus came for the Jew and the Gentile. And we're, like, we're blessed to be able to be a part. So, let's go to the next question. How many? I got 20 minutes. Woohoo! Let me see. My phone keeps going off. Let me just make sure it's nobody important. That's okay. Who would be an example today of the people Jesus was talking about in Matthew seven nineteen through twenty three? So they had good fruit, meaning they cast out demons, prophesied, and done many wonders. That's good fruit, right? So why would he cast them to hell if they did it using Jesus's name and didn't know they? know who Jesus was and and could you please explain more of Matthew 7 11 through 12 hold on one second let's go let me read the scripture well this is really oh, let me read the scriptures and then go back to the question Matthew 7 19 through 23 says every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire therefore by their fruits you will know them and then the next from 21 to 23, it's titled, I Never Knew You. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare, declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So let's go back to the question. Who would be an example today of the people Jesus was talking about in Matthew seven nineteen through 23? So they had good fruit, meaning they cast out demons, prophesied, and done many wonders. That's good fruit, right? Yes, that is, that is good fruit. So why would he cast them into hell? If they did it using Jesus' name, didn't they know who Jesus was? And could you please explain more of seven eleven through 12? So I'll get to that one in a minute. And then it, she goes on to say, or he goes on to say, thank you so much for every question you've answered in the past. I love Foundation Church. Pastor Tom is like no other. I agree. And I'll just throw it in. He's pretty dang hot. The best in my books. Your daughter's singing is beautiful, and your podcast is pretty fantastic also. Thank you for all you do. Uh, well, that was dang sweet of you. I really appreciate that. I agree with you on everything. Tom is the tops, and... Yeah, I'm, obviously I'm a fan favorite of my daughter, so that goes without saying. Um, it helps that she's really good, but <laughs> I mean, I love her singing too. I really appreciate it. Um, so I just read the scripture, um, but what we're going to do is, you know, a lot of times when you uh, read a scripture, when you read that scripture, and a lot of times we're reading, we're reading a chapter, right? And then we we read everything, and then we we go to like what was seven night uh, seven nineteen what was it, it was seven nineteen through twenty three. So you read that, and then you get stumped, and you're like, "What does that mean?" And instead, uh, and instead of just you continue to read that, you always look at the bottom of the book of the Bible to break down that verse. Right? If that doesn't help you. And it might not, but what's always important, is, and this is something that my dad taught me at a very young age, and one of the things that I am grateful that I had a father who was a Christian and he could explain things. Um, but Tom's a big, Tom says the same thing. It's, it's weird because him and my dad were very similar in, in some ways. Um, always look, when you don't understand a scripture and a verse, always go back to the top verses above it and then the ones that follow behind, follow after it. That will oftentimes help you understand those verses that you're just like, what? I don't understand that. Or I'm, that, I'm perplexed by that. Because it, it kind of like sometimes they all go together. Sometimes it doesn't work. A lot of times it does, though. 
So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go and look at the, the verses above 19 through 23 because this is going to help. This is going to help you. Matthew seven fifteen through 20 says, um, that title of that is called True and False Prophets. It's going to help you understand who Jesus was referring to when he said, Lord, Lord, when he said that the, the uh, prophets were saying, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name. Look at this. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Let's look at this. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. And what are you saying? You can't pick things. Uh, you can't pick fruit from thorn. You can't pick a fig from thorn bushels and thistles and stuff like that. Basically, what he was saying there is, like a fig's not gonna grow on a, on a tree that bears thorns. They don't. They're not the same. They're not the same plant. They're not the same thing. Like a tree, a fig tree doesn't bear thorns. So. You can't say that, like, you can't say that a prophet that's not bearing figs, that he's a good, that he's a good prophet. If he's bearing thorns, then he's what his fruit, which is a thorn, is. Even though he may sound good and he may act like that, he's still got thorns. So you, you'll know them by their fruit. It's also the fruit of the Spirit, right? But we'll get into that later. So um, let's, let's look at this. Now, remember, do you remember a guy named Jim Jones? Some of you, depending on your age, you'll know what I'm talking about. Jim Jones. Lots of his followers thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. They thought he, but he bore bad fruit. To them... They followed a false prophet. His followers ended up dying, right? He killed and took with him many, many people because they believed in a false prophet. David Koresh, another one, false prophet. But his followers thought he was the best because they, they were not looking at the fruit of these people. Jim Jones committed adultery. He, he, he cussed like there was no tomorrow. He used profanity. Listen, if you are a Christian cusser, you are hurting yourself, spiritually speaking, and your witness. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, okay? If you cuss, it's not good. And I don't care if it's the D word. If I don't care if it's a word that's even in the Bible, okay? A lot of people will say that they can use the A word, because oh, it's in the Bible. Are you using it like it's used in the Bible? Are you referring to a donkey? Or are you referring to something else? It's cussing, okay? We're not to allow any lewd or foul um, language out of our mouth. No profanity. If you use the H word, a lot of people, um, forgive me because I'm going to get, you'll use hell to the no. Okay, is that spiritually correct? No, it's not. You should not be speaking like that. Did Jesus say hell to the no? No, he didn't. We are to be his examples. We are to talk and walk and live like him. If he didn't say it, we don't say it. We are to be Christ-like. That's what Christianity means. When you call yourself a Christian, you mean you're a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he doesn't say it, you don't say it. Jim Jones cussed, okay? You shouldn't follow him. That should have been a big sign not to follow the guy. He was committing adultery. What are you thinking following a man that's committing adultery? And then on top of that, he, he, got, he was doing drugs. And people are saying he's a good guy. He's a prophet. You're misguided because you don't know the Bible at all. Then you take David Koresh. 
I mean, David Koresh, are you kidding me? He took on many wives, including children, one of them as young as 11 years old. That's craziness. So that's who Jesus is talking about. That These guys will go deep inside. They probably know they're full of crap, but their followers would... You know, they're not going to heaven because they followed a false prophet. They didn't follow the word of God. They were following a man. And he probably led them straight to hell. I, I won't say that I know that f fully, but if you're following those kinds of guys, Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior. It's just not possible. There's a lot of churches out there that are not preaching the word of God at all. They're allowing homosexuals in the pulpit. I can name the denominations for you. It's, they're dangerous. You have um, preacher, preachers that are, doing, uh, are committing fraud. You have preachers who are, um, that the, they have their hand in, in the finances of the church, and they're stealing. You have pastors who are committing adultery. Do you honestly believe these people, when they go to heaven, they will probably say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name, because they are. They're healing the sick because the word is clear to a certain extent. Your, uh, your, your gifts and your callings are irrevocable. Should they step down because they're living in sin? Absolutely they should step down. Um, but Scott will still, like, listen, if, he, if somebody has the gift of healing, um, if they lay hands on them, they, they, they could absolutely be healed through that individuals because the gifts and callings are irrevocable. But should they? No, they should step down, get their lives right with God. They've become full of themselves. They believe, they believe, like a lot of times, and this is very, very dangerous, a lot of people go into ministry because of power, because of accolades, because people like, you'll get a lot of, listen, you get a lot of complainers, huh? Said power trips. Yeah. You get a lot of complainers, but then you got a lot of people who are just such wonderful, amazing people, and they'll compliment you and they'll say good things because they're learning from you. But they're not really learning from you. They're learning from the revelation that God is using through that individuals. So what happens is these, these people, men and women, become full of themselves because they're a vessel that God is using, and they forget, listen, it ain't you. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Without him, you can do nothing, is what the word says. So they start like believing all the hype that somebody might be saying about them. That's a dangerous thing to do. Uh, it's not you. It's, it's the Holy Spirit in allowing you to be used. But um, there's a big proponent of the grace and love message, and it's not what the Bible teaches at all. So these pastors that are preaching a, a message that's not... Um, it says we're not to add or subtract things from the word, and a lot of preachers don't. They eliminate certain things. They're going to answer to God for it. Some of them will go to heaven. Some of them are not because their fruit stinks, and um, they're preaching a false gospel. Um, there's going to be a lot of pa pastors. They're held at a higher standard. There's going to be a lot of pastors shocked on the day of judgment because the things that they did to fill the seats in their in their um, church, they, it became more about being popular. It became more about making money. It became more about having a business outlook on on running the church instead of a spiritual aspect of things. It's very very dangerous. We are judged by our fruit. Um, we are to be fruit inspectors. That's what the word tells us to do. And God judges us by the fruit, but the fruit is from the heart. Mark seven twenty through 23 says, um, he went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. Again, what you say. If you're a gossip, if you're profane in what you say, if you do lewd joking, I mean, we're not to joke with, it says not to have coarse joking. People, um, do inappropriate jokes. You got to be very careful about that. God looks at all that. For it is within, um, out. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come: sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. 
All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So those, if a pastor is doing those things, he, he, could go, he could see Jesus on that day and say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name. And then the Lord's going to say, yeah, but what about these things? That's what he's talking about. So what you say and what you do absolutely matters. It shows where your heart is. And what kind of fruit are you displaying? Because Galatians 5.22 through 26, it's very clear. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are you doing those things? Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. That's the fruit that we're to be inspecting from the leadership. That's when, when, Je- when Jesus was saying, you know, in Matthew seven nineteen through 23, that's what he's talking about. Those, those people who, those false prophets show the opposite of the fruits that I was just telling, uh, I just read to you. Um, let's look at uh, 7, 11 through 12. Because uh, you were asking that question, what does 7, 11 through 12 mean? If, um, so what it says is, if you then, though you are evil, know how, much, how to give good gifts to your children. And this is Jesus saying this, Okay. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So basically, 11, when he's talking about that, he's saying, you who came to this earth, um, have a sinful nature right? If you know when you give to your children, if you know how to give a good gift to them and you would do anything for them as a sinful person, how much will your father who is without sin, how much more, how much better will he do? That's what it's saying. You who have a sinful nature know how to give good good gifts to your children. So how much more will your father in heaven do right if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children you me as sinful people how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who seek him because he's sinless and then you go it's on to say so everything so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets it's the golden rule we're to follow the golden rule the Jewish people aren't big in the, to the golden rule um, in, it, in like the Old Testament when he was saying, when, when he said that, Jesus said that, he said that on purpose because he was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He was saying something that he knew would provoke them and make them angry or they didn't agree with. They didn't really agree with the golden rule. But in this case, he was using it to say, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which is our golden rule. So treat people as you would want to be treated. And that's basically what that seven, uh, 11 and 12 mean. You understand that, girls? We all on the same page? I knew you would be. I just wanted to get your attention. They're overworking. You what? I've got my Bible app out and everything. Studying with you. Good girl. That's really good. I never think, even thought about people opening up their Bible apps or opening their Bibles. I've been adding every scripture that I can to the comments because I know people are paying attention. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I hope that helps people. Yeah. I hope that helps people because it's way easier when you do it like that. When you have the, because it, like we only put it on the screen, but if they could go back and get them, that's awesome. Way to go, Logan. Thank you. Bang up job. All right. We got 33, 32, 31, 30 seconds to go. Um, for our last most important thing. Ultimately, I love this podcast. I love a- answering everybody's questions. But the main purpose of this podcast is to bring people closer to the Lord or to pull people in that have questions that are just seeking to see, you know, 
I remember when I walked away from God and I would, and coming back to him, sometimes I would just reflect on things and I would think, and I would run across a Christian radio station and they would maybe talking most of the time. It, uh, it was like songs that I remembered from when I was saved and those things were pulling me in. So I'm hoping that this podcast is like, if people are like, no, Christianity's not for me. I don't get it. I don't like it. But maybe there's a question that you've had and you're like, it makes you doubt who Jesus is. But that one question that you were causing, we might run across it. We might answer it. And then you sit there and go, I never looked at it like that. Or I didn't think the scripture meant it that way or whatever it is to make you go, maybe there is something about Christianity. Maybe, maybe I should give this thing a shot. Maybe I don't have it right. Or you just know that there's a void missing in your life and you're just willing to give something else a chance or an opportunity to maybe fill that void. And hopefully this podcast with maybe, I don't know how many, it'll open the door to win the lost or bring people back like me, bring people back so that they have a relationship again with the Lord or for the first time. Because ultimately, like answering people's questions is great. And I love it. But what's the point if people are dying and going to hell? It, it's really it's really fruitless. Because the goal is to take as many souls to heaven as we possibly can. That's ultimately the most important thing. Jesus gave up his life so that no one would lose it. So each and every day, our goal should be to take what he did, that gift that he provided, each and every day, it should be our job to be getting out there to offer that up to anybody and everyone that's willing to receive it. It's clear in the word, unless he draws them in, they won't. So, you know, going and beating down every single door to people who have no interest, I mean, but you never know when somebody's heart is ready and he's drawn them in and they're ripe for the taking. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. But if, if your heart's just in the right place and you're there at just the right time, it's an opportunity to snatch somebody from the fire. And that really is what it's all about. So today, if you don't know him or if you need to get your life right with him, it is so simple. It's, as, it's an easy prayer that takes less than one minute. And if it's, this is for you, I just ask you to say this prayer with me right now. Now, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you for the forgiveness of sin. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you for what you did on that cross for me. I thank you, Lord, that I have eternal life through what was done on that cross. I ask you to use me. I ask you to change me. And I thank you, Lord, for just being who you are. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, please let us know. Super important. Hey, listen, and, and on another note, 4th of July. We are forgetting big time about not people my age, not people in their 40s, not even people in their 30s for the most part. But it's getting to be a, a, a time where uh, history is not taught and we forget why this country was founded. It was founded on Christian principles. The men and women that fought for this country to get it to, to, to be where it's at, a lot of them were pastors. A lot of them were preachers. A lot of them were godly men and women that believed in the right for religious freedom. And that's why this country was founded. And if we forget history, then we repeat it. And that is very, very dangerous. We are founded on God's principles. And we need to fight tooth and nail to make sure that that stays. It's all about being the restraining. 
And we have the ability through voting, through standing up, through prayer, and just being the light and winning the loss. So, I mean, listen, there are people that have liberal viewpoints that if they got saved, it would radically change. I mean, people get so mad at people like Nancy Pelosi, Bill Gates, uh, George Soros, people like that. But think about if their hearts were changed and they were one to the Lord. They need God. No one, your worst enemy, you would never want to go to hell. You never would want your worst enemy to go to hell. Because if you understood what hell was like, you would be chasing down everybody tooth and nail to make sure that they were saved. But what a change could be made if souls were changed. You only change things when the heart is changed. So the only person that changes the heart is Jesus. So let's not forget why we celebrate the 4th of July. Not, let's not forget what men and women did in order for us to have the freedoms we have. And then we have a duty ourselves like, that wasn't just for them. We have a duty ourselves. If we want this country to stay the way that it is, if we want, and maybe you don't live in the United States, maybe you live in another country because we have a lot of people who live in other countries that watch. If you want your country to be back to the way it was or to be a, a godly nation, get on your hands and your knees and start praying. And when people say things, be bold. It says the cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. No one can be a coward. Revelation is very clear. The cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. If you're a coward, rise up and be bold as a lion because that's what the word of God tells us to be. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We have the ability to change the world that we live in through prayer and through boldness. And to be strong and courageous. So let's do that because people did that for us 200 years ago. And that's what made this country great. And we have the ability to keep it the same way and, and even stronger than before. So on 4th of July, don't forget why you have the freedoms you have. And let's make sure that we do everything in our power to keep it that way. Have a great weekend. Thank you for your time. And I will see you on Wednesday. Bye. Real talk.